ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know to that we want you to know that we love listener feedback. If you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can tweet at us if you're on Twitter. The Twitter handle is SFDiocese and use the hashtag Ignition. Again, at SFDiocese and use the hashtag Ignition. Um, if you want to email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the address. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio today by Mrs. Emily Leadham. Hi, Emily. Woo-woo. I'm uh, back. We're going to talk about how long it's been in a minute when you introduce yourself. But before we get into that, um, what does it mean to be Christian? That's what we're going to be talking about. This is an occasional series that I do um, where I ask really interesting people. That's you. No pressure. That's you. Um, what it, th- I ask them the, this, this question, what does it mean to be question? question? What does it mean to be question? <laughs> what does it mean to be question? <laughs> and, and we see where the conversation goes. So that's what we're going to be talking about with Emily. So maybe you're a Catholic, maybe just a Christian generally. What does it exactly mean to be Christian? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'll introduce myself in a minute, but ladies first, Emily Leadham, who the heck are you? Hello, folks. My name is Emily Leadham. I am the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, but I live here in the diocese, uh, which with my, which I always call my here super handsome hunk of humanity Triple husband, H. Matt, Matthew, Matthew Joseph. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, you embarrass him when you do this. I know. This. That's a, well, that's the, re- that's the reason I do it. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I'm married. We've got two little girls, Claire and Magdalene. Um, and yeah, we, I feel like I should tell you a fun fact. Uh, my fun fact is that I, my dream job besides working for the diocese, my plan B job is to be Cinderella at Disney world. That's right. Yep. Wouldn't that just be such a fun job? I knew that. So the challenge for you next time is to find a fun fact that you don't know about me. All right. I'll come back next time. Next time. All right. Uh, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese of Sioux Falls, been in this role since 2002. So as of recording, it's been 17 years, um, actually 17 years. Here's the fun fact. My anniversary was as we're recording this Sunday, the 1st of September, 2019. And and that was 17, 17. Happy anniversary. So 17 years with the diocese still kicking. Um, (laughs) Just not as high. That's what my grandma always used to say when you asked her how she was still Still kicking. kicking. Just Just not not as as high. high. (laughs) Um, like Emily, I'm married. Unlike Emily, I'm not married to Matt. I'm married to Jermaine for 20 years this summer, and we have five kids. <clears throat> it's important to add here, Emily, because podcasts, you know, they exist in perpetuity. As of this recording, you have two little girls. As of and this I recording. Have children, five children. <laughs> As of this recording, I've got two and you've got five. <laughs> um, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, but enough about us. Let's talk about what it means to be Christian. So, um, as as I told you, Emily, before we we went on the air, to before the tape rolled, the big the big tape reel here in the recording studio, um, this is just your answer to what it means. What does it mean to be Christian? So we'll just go from there. Go. Dun dun dun. How do you answer that question? Somebody comes up. Well, yeah, Emily Leadham. 
I, I hear you for the diocese. What does it mean to be Christian? I feel like, can I give a caveat before I jump into this answer? What if I said no? Uh, I'm going to anyway. Exactly. So, so why do you even ask? I think part of part of how I would answer this question is is quite honestly a bit of who I'm talking to, um, because I think somebody that has a level of formation and language to be able to, uh, yeah, kind of speak about Christianity is maybe going to answer or is going to receive the answer differently right. than somebody who has never been exposed to the person of Jesus Christ, who has never even really heard or has much of a formation surrounding the idea of what it means to be Christian. So, um, Which audience are you going to pick? I think I'm going to f- go somewhere in the middle. <laughs> okay. Somebody that... <laughs> What's that audience? Okay, so that audience is someone that knows Christianity, probably knows people that are Christian, maybe has people in their life that are Christian, but are kind of like, I'm on the fringes myself, you know, like, or maybe they would even articulate or call themselves Christian, perhaps even Catholic, but um, don't have a level of confidence even among themselves, within themselves to, to know, but I don't really know what that means. Or maybe for them, it's a cultural um, term. It's a cultural, yep. you know, uh, uh, religion rather than um, what I'm about to say. And I would articulate Christianity and what it means to be Christian is to actually um, is to actually put on an entirely new pair of glasses through which I look at the world, through which I view my relationships, through which I view politics, through which I view education, through which I view target and everything um, is is changed. And I would say illuminated, um, brightened, actually, through the lens of Christianity um, and be, and and the the key difference is that putting upon putting on those lenses through which I'm viewing the world is actually putting on the person of Jesus Christ and actually um, establishing a relationship with him that in my life, uh, starting when I was, uh, I would really say starting when I was a sophomore in high school, it transformed everything. Christianity was no longer a concept. Christianity was a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know it makes sense to you because I know you've you've had that experience as well. Um, but but yeah, when you when you actually know the person of Jesus Christ, it just it it changed everything for me. Um, not that suddenly I was like this awesome person, um, or that I no longer struggled or sinned or whatever. Um, but that it actually, yeah, it actually transformed and allowed me to see myself in reality in a way that I had not experienced before. And it continues to do so. Um, and I know I'm speaking abstractly. I'm trying to find like a good example. Um, while you're thinking. Yeah, please. Um, actually, pay attention while I'm talking. Then you think. No, no, I, <laughs> I can't multi. I can't think and listen know, to Chris know, at the same time. <laughs> uh, what two things that you said so far struck me. Um, and with the latter, the, with the relationship with Jesus, one thing that uh, and I've been talking about the catechism with with uh, a, a few people recently, and and I'm struck by the far, the part that the third part of the catechism, which is on the Ten Commandments and the virtues and so on, is not titled um, ethics or morality or Christian morality or Catholic morality. It's titled Life in Christ. Yeah. 
Yes. Because yeah. to live this way, to this is the being Christian. How do you live as a Christian? It's it, it's rooted in our identity in Jesus Christ. Uh, we live in Christ, and therefore, to live in Christ means that you live this way. So that entire part of the catechism is painting the picture of what that looks like. That was the first thing. But this, the other thing, which actually came earlier, I love your description, how you started off. Um, it, it's, it, it's basically a new pair of lenses, glasses, if you mm-hmm. will. Now, it does, like, we just put our glasses on or... It takes a little bit longer to put our contacts in, maybe. Um, but the process of seeing the world through the eyes of Christ, living in him, is is a lifetime's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a long... You, you were speaking to that. It wasn't an instantaneous thing. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and maybe while I've been droning on here, something has occurred to me. I am curious, like... Any any specific examples, Emily, come to, to mind? Where so you said I see politics, politics differently, um, target differently, and and you went through that list of things that we should see differently. But I think sometimes people are going to wonder, okay, but like concretely, practic or literally, specifically, how do you see? any of those things differently. Yes, yes. And and quite frankly, if I were not Christian, I think I'd be listening to this saying like, well, why would I want to put on a different color of glass? Or why would I want to put on a different uh, pair of glasses? Like, don't I just want to see reality as reality and, and through those lenses, the lens of reality? Um, and I think the example that comes to mind when you ask that question is um, the birth of my daughter's. The birth of my daughters was not just the reality of two new human beings entering mm-hmm. the world in a hospital with blood and guts and gore. <laughs> um, it was transcendent. It was it was absolutely the experience of reality, but through the lens of Christianity, it was something more. It was as if the veil of heaven had been slightly lifted back and I perceived, uh, experienced in a profound way, um, God's revelation of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, if you're a parent, maybe you've experienced that as well. Um, and I and I think you know what I'm talking about. It's there's there's something that happens that's far beyond anything that can uh, simply be um, experienced. Or, or observed just in a normal human, basic, whatever, everyday sense. Um, to me, it was it was absolutely transcendent. So the, that vision, the Christian lenses, if you will, they don't add anything. They, nothing was added to the birth of either of your girls because you are a Christian. Rather, um, because you are a Christian, you're able to see the fullness of what's act- already there. Yes. So that reality is there for every single human, every single yeah. woman who's ever given birth. That reality is there, but we're not always able to see it because... We don't always, even for those who are Christian, we don't always put the glasses on. Right. We wander out of the house without putting the glasses on, the right. contacts in. Right. And we miss. So, so this, I, I'm underlining this because I think sometimes people think, um, this is just about seeing reality yes. as it is. We miss the depth. abundance. Yes. We yeah. miss the Perfect. abundance. Yes. Yeah. You know, the other thing, Chris, that comes to my mind, um, I, I am so excited about our new project, the You, Me, and He newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, shameless plug if you haven't signed up for us signed up for it yet we would love to have you join us in that journey but go to sfcatholic.org slash adult formation to find out more and sign up yeah 
our first newsletter um, that we sent out, though, I actually wrote about this. Uh, this is a test to see whether or not you read my portion of the newsletter. Did you read about my butterfly? But well, I was going to say butterfly, <laughs> okay, light pole. Good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I was walking outside a couple weeks ago. And this beautiful butterfly, little butterfly, caught my eye, and I just and, and it was just beautiful. And I was watching it; it fluttered for a moment. It was flying, and it flew into a light post and like hit it hard. I mean, I heard it, and I laughed, which probably makes me a terrible person. But I think <laughs> what would say Francis of like, Assisi say? Smacked up into a light pole. She laughed, and I was like, "What in the heck?" And and immediately, Chris, the thought came to my mind: Oh my gosh, that's me. And. And it took me by surprise, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, why Why did I just think, or why did the thought come to my brain that, uh, wow, that looks like me, this butterfly that ran into a light pole? And uh, it was my, it was, truly, it was my prayer, prayer material for the next two weeks. Mm. And every time I showed up to prayer, I just couldn't shake this image, uh, and, and I just continue to unpack and unpack and unpack kind of the revelations, pr- practically, specifically about my life, but also just about the human experience, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I often word it this way, you know, they, we're these beautiful creatures, uh, but we keep on running into obstacles. We keep running into light posts, but we're really made to flourish. We're made to fly. Uh, and yet how do we utilize how does god want to utilize those wounds in us that are those crevices uh left from the obstacles or from the sins that we uh that we commit how does god want to utilize that for the glory of his kingdom Amen. right Amen. and it was like the because of my christianity because of the gift of grace in my life a butterfly running into a light post was no longer simply a butterfly running into a light post. A butterfly running into a light post was God's message to me. Mm-hmm. Was God wanting to reveal himself in a powerful way to me, to Emily, in the ordinary things of life, in the ordinary, um, unextraordinary moments, suddenly something extraordinary took place. And there has been, I mean, I, mean, I can't even tell you the amount of grace that has come and that was a couple months ago now, the amount of grace that has come from um, that imagery and just the reality of when I've lost my patience as a mom, when I've been annoyed with my husband, when I haven't, you know, when I'm tired or when I'm, when I mess up, when I make mistakes, when I fall into gossip, when I'm prideful, all of these things, um, that imagery keeps on coming up. And I see myself as a beautiful little butterfly running into a light post, uh, kind of being catapulted to the ground and then looking up at God and saying, all right, how do you want to utilize my weakness? Because I know that in in my weakness, you're actually made strong. Amen. I think a Christian sees butterflies running into light posts differently. Amen. If you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Ignition, a podcast about insects. Uh, I'm your... (laughs) Oh, I mean, a podcast of the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Berg. I just took a drink of water right when you said I know, that. I'm I about sorry. spewed that was, all over was, this microphone. That was wrong of me. Um, <laughs> Emily Leadham is my guest today, uh, getting her take on the answer to what it means to be Christian. And actually, this beautiful story, if you just tuned in, um, of 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 the, this. In- okay, it was an encounter that she had with a butterfly. Not like she witnessed this butterfly running into. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a I light met post. him. His name was 
Yeah. <laughs> His name was Bud. 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 <laughs> Bud the butterfly. Um, before we get back to the butterfly, Emily, uh, just a quick programming break. Break. Um, pop quiz. Do you know the last time you were on ignition? Oh my gosh, it's got to be a long time. A I year had ago? no idea. Two and a half years ago. Was it something February, I said? I, apparently, um, February eighth, twenty seventeen. Episode 300. This is 372. Oh, I remember that episode. There were a bunch of us. Can we talk about that for a second? Because when you asked me to come in and talk about what what, uh, What it means means to be Christian, Christian, that episode came to mind. Really? Yes. Why? Uh, Father Andrew Dickinson, you asked us the question, why are you Catholic? Do you remember this? No. Oh, this is so good. Okay. So can I digress? Please. No, this is part of the- Yeah, this is part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Father Andrew Dickinson- when you asked him, why are you Catholic? He said, I'm Christian because of the encounter, the experience that I had uh, with the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Trinity. I'm Catholic because my experience in the church gave me language to not only explain and understand my encounter with the Trinity, but actually enhanced it. Mm-hmm. And that has that struck with me. Mm. So t- what? Two and what did you say? Two and a half years. Two and later? a half years later. Two and a half years years later. I'm still thinking about Father wow. Andrew Dickinson's response to that question, wow. and it and it changed me. It yeah. was like it really gave me perspective on that's exactly what I would say. Like I'm Christian because I met the person of Jesus Christ when I was a broken young woman as a sophomore in high school, um, and I'm Catholic because the language of the Eucharist, the sacramentality of the Church. Uh, helped me to understand that encounter that I had had with Christ, but then also opened the doors wide open deepen it to deepen it and to understand him. Amen. In a Amen. profound way. There we go. So that, that flows perfectly with what we're talking about today again, which is what does it mean to be Christian? So anything about Bud, the butterfly, anything else about Bud, the butterfly, anything else about Bud, the butterfly? I think, uh, uh, I was telling a friend that story afterwards and their comment was, I don't even know that I would have noticed the butterfly. Right. And uh, this is a, a friend that's kind of new, newly uh, in, in their journey of Christianity. Um, but I just loved that they articulated that because I thought that's where it starts. It actually starts with like, with opening the door and the grace, the door for grace, um, to allow Bud the butterfly to show up. You know what I mean? To see, to see it. Yeah. It. To put on the glasses, to, to put, see it. Because, because, and so to see it for its fullness, to see, to see Bud for his fullness, to see Bud for what he says about his revelation. He's, he's the means got the channel of God's relation to you that day. Um, but also just more generally to, to be seen. Yes. I've been struck lately. Uh, I think I've talked to you um, off air. Well, obviously it's been off air about, because you have been on ignition for two and a half years um, about uh, the importance of fostering a contemplative spirit. Um, the importance of because of our prayer and our relationship with God, which is nourished each day in our pr- prayer time, seeing not just, see, I think it's seeing the world differently begins by seeing the world, period. And too often, at least oh, for me, that should put that on a quote card or okay. something. <laughs> put that on the gram. Yeah, Emily. put that on the gram. Put that on the gram. Doctor um, Chris Bergwald, STD. <laughs> <laughs> so, you should explain that. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> 
Uh, I have a, uh, yeah, Dr. Chris Bergwald, STD, STD, Secret Theology Doctorate. Uh, you can email me, Ignition, that's what I think I'll explain more. I have no diseases of that sort. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Digression. I'm so, I'm okay, so squirrel. Sorry. Continue. Where, where I'm with we? you. Well, this I is have why you haven't no had me back idea. in two and a half years. Have yeah, <laughs> so let's see, two and a half years from now is going to be two, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but seeing, seeing, seeing the, the world, world differently starts with seeing the world. world. And I think, Emily, at least for myself, because of my devices, um, because of the pace uh, that I allow my life to, uh, because of the pace of life that I allow to overtake me, I don't see. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's to me, that's the beginning of putting on yeah. the, the Christian lenses, if you will, is it allows us simply to see reality, yeah. period, let alone differently. Yeah. So I think the question that that leads us to that we all have to wrestle with is how do we, how do we, how did you say it, foster contemplative spirit? Yep. You know, how do we practice a contemplative life? I remember my freshman year in college sitting down uh, in my favorite, to this day, my, my favorite class that I've ever taken at any level um, on the psychology of marriage and family. And my professor explained that our assignment for the semester was to uh, create and maintain a journal. Mm. And he wrote on the board, an un- the uncontemplated life is not worth mm. living, which was Socrates. Socrates. And... I, it just had a really profound effect on me. Okay. So what does it mean to live the contemplated life? And I thought it's, it was interesting because he wasn't, he wasn't talking about prayer explicitly. Right. He wasn't talking about the unprayerful life is not worth living. He was right. talking about, it began with the uncontemplated yep. life. Um, and I think in order to contemplate, yeah, you're exactly right. We have to, do we have to foster a contemplative spirit? Um, I, I, I'm curious to know how, how you do that. I mean, I have some ideas that I'm kind of like working on, but I don't know that I've landed on it beautifully yet. So at a human level, um, well, I'll explain that just so apart again, apart from prayer at a human level, I'm reminded here of Dr. Ted Shree's book into his likeness, which is just a great basic introduction to what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ as his disciple. Um, and in there, Dr. Shree talks about Les Miserables, the mm. the novel the movie mm-hmm. what's the opening I, I know you'll know this this I don't th- what's the opening number in look down Lame is, yes so it's these these prisoners look who down, they're, they're, look yep, down. They're, don't look up don't look, look down just focus on what you're doing you don't want to draw the, the attention exactly um, Dr. Shree uses that song uh, to convict Chris Bergwald Uh-oh. of always looking down at his I'm holding my phone right now showing him of always looking down. At yeah. our devices. Yeah. And Dr. Shree, uh, echoing Archbishop Charles Pugh and others, um, uh, don't look down, put the device down and look up mm. and see the world around you. Whoa. Yeah. Amen. Whoa. So for me, um, and you, I think you know this about me, like lately I've been trying to regain, regain control of my life, take back my life from the cell phone, from the computer, from the internet, yes. from social media. Yes. Um, ironically, I just put po- literally today, I just posted on Facebook for the first time in multiple months and it was about leaving your cell phone at home. <laughs> So anyway, that's ironic. yeah, it, yeah, that's great. So, but that's, I, I was just really convicted, uh, for not just by Dr. Shree's comments and other things too, but that's, that's one way that I've concretely like those moments at the grocery store checkout line when I'm waiting where my literally inst- now developed instinctual yes. impulse is to pull the phone out. Right. 
I try to see right. the people around me. Right. And and now as as a convicted Christian, maybe say a prayer for them if it looks yeah, like yeah, they yeah. could be as one. Yeah. Like that that's that's how I try to foster yeah. the contemplative spirit. I love that. I think that's really interesting because and, and we've had a bit of this conversation before, but I feel very called to um to be on social media yep. uh, especially Instagram and we and we've yep. had this conversation like I, yeah to be on the gram um and to kind of utilize that as a platform to evangelize and to uh engage yep. in the world uh in a way that I think is is really necessary um and so that's so it's been a challenge because I'm kind of trying to rectify those two things, right? Like I feel called to enter into that, to to lean into it, but also to do it very prudently, very intentionally with, you know, concrete boundaries and that kind of thing. And I think what comes to my mind is what has helped me uh, contemplate well is to leisure well. Yeah. You know, to yeah. figure out how do I, how do I actually leisure well? My temptation is to sit down and binge on Netflix You're or right. You know, whatever. Um, but when I make a cup of hot tea and read a book or, you know, my husband and I go for a walk or play a game together. I mean, we've been playing Rumacube like we're I can't say that. I'm going to say it anyways. Like we're this like little old couple, you know, <laughs> if you play Rumacube, you can say that. I thought it was you're be not. Worse. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just don't want to like say it to call anyone old for playing Rumacube. Yes, but yes, yes. but we're there. So but yeah, like figuring out how to leisure well, I think has opened the door for me. Uh, to contemplate, to see Bud the Butterfly, to, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, um, oh, we both saw him. You, you probably had classes with him, uh, Dr. Norton. St. Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was here uh, a couple years ago for the Catholic Businessmen's mm-hmm. Fraternities mm-hmm. Annual uh, Faith and and Business Conference. And he made the, he pointed out that amusement, the, he, he drew attention to the, the etymology of the word amusement, uh, as in lack of, like an atheist doesn't believe that you got amusement, uh, to muse, a lack. a lack of musing, just to, to muse, just to sit back and, and ponder if you will, yeah. when you amuse yourself, you are um, lacking musing. Yes. Oh, how interesting. Le- as opposed to leisure, yes. which is done in, t- even leisure is done intentionally. It doesn't mean it's not, we could get it. It doesn't mean it's not relaxing yes. or joyful or yes. Yep. I yeah. totally agree. So yeah, I think the, I think that it, it, it all goes back to like, how do we foster a, a contemplative life so that we can actually view and see the world um, through the lens that we've been given and the gifts of the lens that we've given ultimately leading to the abundant life. So exactly. So I, I loved that word when you used it earlier. So we can see reality is it as it is in all of its abundance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Emily, we've got about um, a minute to go. Any final thoughts on what it means to be a Christian? Wrap, wrap your answer up for us. To be a Christian is to see the world differently is to see the world entirely differently. And sometimes that can be lonely. So I think to find a community um, Mm -hmm. that you can share that and that you can help sharpen each other's vision for what it means to be um, an excellent human in the world, uh, ultimately stemming as an outpouring of love of Christ himself. So I'm going to have to have you back on because something you to talk about at some point before too long, um, to be Christian, to live as an excellent human because they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. The more you are a Christian, the more you be Christian, the more you do Christian, the more excellent you are as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Human excellence. 
Thank you for being on the show today, Emily. Thanks for having me back, Chris. Don't you, wait so long I, next time. I'll try not to. <laughs> and that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag ignition with any questions or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.